Hello, and welcome to another Savage Gentleman podcast. My name is Matt Winslow, along with my co-host, Josh Tyler. Josh, how are we doing today? We're doing good, buddy. We're uh, back home, finally, from being on the road, traveling the world, seeing the sights, and uh, making moves. Matt, you just got back from Europe, right? Man, busy, busy. I feel like I need a vacation for my vacation. And Josh was uh, doing some cool things down in Moab. What were you doing down there? Oh, you know, just uh, climbing some mountains and running around in some canyons and uh, just hanging out with the boys. Now, we had a we had a photo shoot for the Beyond Clothing catalog down there. And so it was pretty cool. Met some awesome dudes, Bert Soren of Sorenax and uh, Mario Stanley. He's a uh, professional climber. So, yeah, we were just down there exploring, adventuring, and um, drinking some whiskey and taking some photos, you know, just broing down. Man, that sounds like a good time. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, you know. And then I uh, got to immediately following that, went down to St. George with the guys from Order of Man. If you haven't seen them, uh, definitely check them out. They're doing really, really cool stuff. So I was there teaching some primitive uh, fire-making skills, doing some lock-picking stuff on behalf of Ready Man. And that was a lot of fun. Ryan Mitchell is doing a great job with Order Man over there. So it was cool to be privy to that and get an inside look to what those guys have going on. Yeah, they've got a very similar mission statement to what we have here at Savage Gentlemen. Um, they're a little bit more hands-on than we are, you know, but, but at the end of the day, it's about becoming better men. They're just tackling it from a whole nother perspective, which I think is fantastic. Man, that sounds awesome. So I spent the last two weeks in Germany and Austria. Great time. I went there for doing a little bit of business. Um, and then uh, a little bit of pleasure as well. I took my wife with me. We had an excellent time. Now, it got me thinking. I had a lot of conversations with a lot of cool European uh, people out there, and it got me thinking, why don't we just be like Europe? Yeah, Everybody totally. wants to. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's the, the people cool thing on, now. The people on the right, the progressives. Um, so why shouldn't we be like Europe? Um Going back to those conversations I had with people was very enlightening to see and hear their perceptions on the United States and as Americans in general. So I thought we'd talk about kind of the pros and cons of, of kind of the European system. In this case, uh, the European countries that I've been to, namely uh, on the eastern side, Ukraine and Czech Republic, and then the more western EU countries um, France, Germany, mm-hmm. Denmark, um, and those. So, yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting cause you hear that a lot, you know, when, when anything flares up in the media and, and things aren't going the way they should, we have these catastrophes or there's a new policy that's being enacted or people want policy change. The kind of the, the default expression is, well, it works in Europe. They're doing it over there in Sweden or France or, you know, pick a country, right? And, and so they're using that as a, as a case study saying, hey, these guys have free health care or whatever. We should do that here. Why can't we have these things? You know, it's so much better. And, you know, my, my knee-jerk reaction is like, well, hey, man, if you, if you think it's so much better in all these other places, then, you know, bon voyage, farewell. You let me know how it works out for you because – there's a lot of places where on the surface it, it does seem very enticing and it is a lot better. In some ways, maybe it is. But 
everything comes at a cost. There, you know what I mean? Like there's a price, there's a trade-off that you have to acknowledge and be okay with uh, for all these things. And I think sometimes we we lose sight of that. We forget that like, yeah, I mean, free, free health care is great, but what are the other costs? And that's some of the things that you were learning about when you were over there, correct? Yeah, I experienced these things firsthand. I drove from the southern tip of Germany, Munich, uh, Bavaria, to almost the northernmost city in Hamburg. And that's about, geez, 20 minutes away from Denmark. So it's that's a hell of a it's, road trip. It, it's quite a ways up there. We ended up driving about 1,500 total miles. And I, I got to say, Germany was absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. The little villages that you would see mm-hmm. as you're driving through the rolling green hills, just the amount of vegetation there. It was absolutely amazing to do. Um, the The first thing I want to talk about is their public transportation. Okay. It's a little bit different here in the U.S. I would say their public transportation, hands down, beats our public transportation that we have in, in the U.S. for a number of reasons. One, they put the money into the infrastructure. Um, so their subways, their metros, their buses, it's all tailored around, you know, people going from, you know, A to B instead of in the United States, A to Z. Yeah, because you, here you're going all over the place, right? There isn't long just, hey, one, one destination, I'm going here to do this one thing, or I'm going to spend a holiday, you're right, I'm, I'm hopping countries, going over the border to wherever. Like here, I mean, our, our lifestyle is centered around running errands and going from, you know, this place to that place, here, there, and back again every single day. You know, it, it, and that's what I think people fail to realize is, you know, our, our cultural way of life is so vastly different that it, I don't know that it would be feasible, you know. And our geography in the United States, point. we are laid out in a grid system. It's very easy to find uh, addresses in the United States, uh, being that we implemented these roads fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Well, in Europe, these roads existed hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So everything, the roads are close together and they wind all over the place. Um, so going back to it, the, the, the Europeans typically need to get, you know, a mile or two away, three miles, five mm-hmm. miles away, where we as Americans, I mean, we're commuting up, you know, 30, 40 miles each day. Yep. So it's a little bit different in that context. Uh, within the cities, they're going to be using uh, metros, uh, underground railroads, stuff like that. And it's vastly superior to anything we have, even when you're talking about the Northeast in the United States. Everything is much cleaner. Uh, people take care of their stuff because that's their only mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. But it is costly. People think, oh, well, you know, they've got such great public transportation. It must be uh, pretty cheap. Uh, not so much. Uh, I was looking at a monthly pass, and for me to get a monthly pass in Germany, it cost me 380 euros. Wow. Now, that's euros, so we're talking about 435 Yeah, I mean, that's like a luxury car so. payment. It, that's a luxury car payment. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. However, and I not did gas. That's not including gas. Now, I did rent a luxury BMW while I was there. Now, Baller. it was such a pain in the butt to drive a vehicle in the city. Mm. Uh, 
not only are people, you know, very crazy drivers, it's kind of like control chaos where you got to be super aggressive. Uh, everyone, you don't give people space there, right? Uh, but they are good drivers in the sense that I would say they're, you know, the, the physical act of driving a vehicle, they are very proficient at it. It's just very congested and you have to be super aggressive. The big problem was is trying to find parking oh, man. for said vehicle. I ended up paying 22 euros per night to park. That's so $25 a night just to park your vehicle. Now, of course, that's I'm obviously in a big city in Munich at this point, but um, it, it wasn't parking didn't get better uh, in in the smaller villages. And remember. I pretty much saw all of Germany. I drove mm -hmm. 1,500 miles, numerous stops along the way, several business meetings in small villages, and the parking was absolutely horrendous. So would it work in the United States? Well, I mean, we got it in the Northeast, and it, and it, and it does work. It is a, can be, a, I wouldn't even say a cheaper alternative than driving a car, but maybe a more convenient uh, sure. Thing. Well, if you look, if you're in New York, right? I mean, how many people live in New York and don't actually own a vehicle? Because yeah. much like in in a, these European nations, it's very cost prohibitive. You know, when you're just parking alone, you know, kind of excludes that possibility for most people. So, in a very congested, condensed area, sure, public transportation works. But to apply that to the whole United States, it doesn't make sense, and that's where you know, that's where us having local governments that are separate and different and can act on their own makes a lot more sense because we are so geographically diverse. We are so expansive that, yeah, you, you, you can't look at these nations that are a, about the size of one of our states and say, hey, it works good for them. Let's do it to the whole U.S. It just it, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up with uh, we've obviously got local government where mm -hmm. we've got city and state where – uh, in Europe, typically, it's just at the national level. They don't have that. Really? Case in point being the police in Germany. Um, I was talking to a uh, EOD specialist in Germany, and he was saying that uh, their patrol cars were Audi S8s. Yeah. Now, granted, Audi is based in Bavaria. They're uh, in Munich, I believe. And so people have a, a vested interest in driving them, uh, and they have a vested interest in, in giving them to the police for a sure, fairly decent deal. Still looking, that's a hundred thousand dollar car. Yeah, that's car. a six figure vehicle, yeah, man. Yeah. Like that so, vehicle costs what more what most people make or not even, you know, the few people are making <laughs> a year. Right, right. But because it's coming from the national level, they have that money to spend. Mm. So contrast that with our departments here in the United States where they're city, right, you know, sometimes state of course, but budgets aren't as large. Um, and we just don't have the money to, uh, you know, get the nicest thing. Sure, in Malibu, cops are driving around in, I'm sure, very nice patrol vehicles versus, I don't know, say Detroit or something like that where they're just not going to have the money uh, to spend on their police. So that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I, I, it obviously works for Europe, but... Well, and you were, and you were saying before, they they have those vehicles almost out of necessity. When you're looking at 
you know, a patrol vehicle cruising down on the Autobahn, you you know, the Crown Vic probably isn't going to last too long buzzing around at 200. And yeah. so they're competing against all these other really high-end vehicles, then it makes sense, you know. And again, what works there doesn't necessarily apply here. You know, yeah, we're talking you're going about in a straight line, and the speed limit is typically 75 to 80, where in Germany especially, well, pretty much all of Europe I've found, is that straight roads just aren't like – you don't have straight roads like you do in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They're really windy roads, and on the Autobahn, you can cruise at 130, 140, 150 miles per hour. I know uh, with that BMW that I rented, I got up to 235 kilometers an hour, which is you know about 135. And you know, I was looking in my rearview mirror, and I was having people coming up on me wow. pretty fast. So I was is having to a, move off in the right-hand lane pretty quick. Is that stick or automatic? It's probably automatic. Uh, unfortunately, this one was automatic. Ooh. It had this, yeah. But the majority of people over there are driving manual are cars. They? Mm-hmm. So they're still, because they're hard to come by here. We were yeah. shopping for a vehicle um, a couple of years ago, and my wife is really fond of, a, of a, like a five-speed. And, man, you were really hard-pressed to find anything over here nowadays unless you're getting an older model vehicle that, that has a manual transmission. You know, it's interesting. There are so many models of vehicles, whether it be Mercs, Mercedes, uh, BMW, Audi, VW. There are so many models that I had just never seen before. Really? Oh, yeah. They make so many models just specifically for the United States because we drive in straight lines uh, and we're not, we don't have, well, we do have speed limits, right? So right. we can't just go as fast as we want. So you look at. I mean, you can, but Johnny yeah. Law might think it's Right, there's some consequences. Now, the. So going back to that, I really love the public transportation system. Mm hmm. Uh, nowhere it, uh, have I been in Europe that I really didn't like the public transportation system. I would say it's far better than what we have in the United States, uh, even comparing it to large cities like Boston, New York, uh, or D.C. It does come with, with a cost. Your personal vehicles are going to be uh, costlier to own. Mm-hmm. You're going to have uh, really high gas prices, which in this case ended up being about $7.50 a gallon. Uh, yeah, that hurt, so especially driving I mean, 1,500 miles. Yeah. Yeah, it's over It's over double. Now, they do have a higher quality of gas, interestingly enough. They don't allow, uh, like here we have ethanol in our mm-hmm. gas, and we can have, I think, what, 10% ethanol? Yeah, I think so. I think the lowest I've ever seen is like 85 uh, octane. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So 15. They can have, I think their minimum is, was 5% oh, is all wow. that I saw. So higher quality gas. You know what? Man. And they pretty much need to the way yeah, they drive the over there. Yeah. So you're going to have the higher fuel costs. You're going to have a monthly uh, subway cost. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough is you don't have to put your card into – a reader to get on the train. You can just hop on the train. So if you're feeling lucky, you don't have to pay. However, this really grungy guy, maybe in his mid-20s, came up to me, flashed his badge, and said, let me see your bus ticket. So they are no nonsense. They will not put up with lawbreakers at all. That was the one thing that really impressed me about Germany is you could drive as fast as you wanted, 
But as soon as there was a speed limit, everybody slowed down and not one person went one mile an hour faster than the posted speed limit. No kidding. They are very, very anal about obeying all rules. Um, in all other places in Europe that I've been, you just jaywalk all over the place. Mm-hmm. Forget waiting for a green light. You know, if there's no cars, just go. Not in Germany. They will, they will actually yell at you. Uh, other pedestrians will. If you just decide to jaywalk, oh, they're not fucking around. They huh? they do not, and that was something that really impressed me. Contrary to what we have in the states, uh, we're starting to see more and more rules, but we don't really enforce the rules that we mm-hmm. have on the books. Um, you know, so I, I would say again, you know my stance on this, but it's maximum freedom with ma- maximum responsibility for your actions. Um, I think Germany has a relatively nice balance of that. There's some laws I thought were, uh, you know, a little bit a little bit crazy, mm-hmm. some littering laws and things like that. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I was fairly impressed with, with the way they handle their laws. Nice, nice. Well, you know, when you were talking about this public transportation system and, and we talk about the healthcare system that they have in place where it's free healthcare, everybody gets it, even if you're not a member of that country, if you're just visiting or uh, whatever, just applies to everyone, which is great, that's all fine and dandy, but all these things come at a cost, you know, to build this infrastructure for transportation, to provide healthcare and all these things, that stuff doesn't just fall out of the sky, right? Someone has Unfortunately, to it doesn't. Now, everyone says, let's just be like Europe. Let's just adopt their ways of life, their systems, their government. Well, in Germany, you pay uh, on the low end. This is single people with no children uh, with an average salary for their country, which is, I think, right around 50,000 euros. You're going to pay 40%, 39.9% on your tax rate. That stings. Now, compare that to the U.S., it's with 22.7. Now, the U.S., you actually have, it's typically not that high because you also have a lot of tax loopholes that you can employ to lower that tax rate. So, if we do the math, the Germans are paying double the amount the Americans are in taxes each year for the same given salary for the average salary in their country. So if I'm spending $10,000 in taxes um, for here as an American, they're spending $20,000 in taxes as a German. Well, if I take that $10,000 and I apply that just to my health care, that's a pretty dang good insurance policy. Wouldn't you agree? Yo, I mean, dude, that's, that's, that's that's off the that's, charts. That's nine hundred. That that's eight hundred and fifty dollars per month. Yeah. No, you could you could get. I mean, based off of the uh, hospital visits I've had through fighting, um, thankfully those are covered by the promoter's insurance. But if I had to pay out of pocket, oh man, I could have gotten quite a few uh, surgeries. You know what I mean? Stitched up and and that sort of thing for for ten grand. So I guess it depends on the lifestyle you lead. But yeah. um yeah that that is that is a an, an that is an astronomical amount of money to be paying just to healthcare. Now, I will say that this is where the Europeans kick our asses. Corporate taxes. Mm. Germany, uh Austria, Hungary, they all have significantly lower 
corporate taxes. Interesting. It is. It's very interesting. And the only thing I can think of is, um, well, for one, if they were to saddle the uh, corporations with the same uh, tax rates that we have in the United States, there wouldn't be any businesses because they have other things that they have to pay for. Sure. Uh, they have 23, well, it, it fluctuates, but it's in between about 17 to 23% of a VAT tax. A VAT tax is a value-added tax, it's like a sales tax here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Our sales tax here in Utah is 6.85%. In Germany, it's 23%. Wow. So, again, now we've got another way that the, the Germans are, are getting money out of their mm-hmm. people in, in the terms of this VAT tax. Interesting. Um, so food was the other thing that I want to bring up. The food was hands down far better than anything we have in the United States. And that goes for me being the Ukraine, Czech Republic, France, Germany, Austria, you name it. Far better. It's far fresher. I don't know, man. I've, I've, I've eaten at some pretty pretty decent places. You know, and, and I have too. Back east, I've got a lot of good restaurants. But you can taste the freshness when you're over in Europe. And the reason being is, well, Germany, uh, I drove through Germany uh, in one day. I drove from the southernmost tip gotcha. to the northernmost tip so in not, one day. Yeah, I can't do time. that in the United States. Mm-hmm. So Importing. where I've got produce in California um, and I've got fresh fruits in Florida, uh, that takes quite a bit of time to get all around the country. The sure. United States is gigantic. We're hovering right around 380 million in population, where Germany uh, is about 70, 75 million. Now, I keep, I apologize, I keep going back to Germany because Germany is the closest European country uh, with the economy most like ours. So I wanted this to be an apples to apples comparison. I was wondering, man, you, yeah, you've been. Banging that Germany drum pretty hard. Yeah, you know, I was super impressed. And, and I, I will still say my favorite place in Europe has, has got to be the Czech Republic in Prague. Uh, fantastic place for any Americans that want to go there. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, super cheap. Great food. Great things to see. Um, and people are very friendly. Don't, don't get this thing wrapped up in your head that all Europeans hate Americans because it's simply not true. No, I, I haven't experienced that at all. I mean, as long as you're not being a raging douchebag. And there were know, plenty of those. And, and you do see that. I mean, there is a reason why the the fat, obnoxious American stereotype persists because it does happen. You know, but if you're, from my experience, if you're just a decent human being, if you have even just the slightest hint of gentleman's side, you're going to be just fine. You're going to get along, you know, as long as you're not loud and obnoxious and you're, you're polite, people will help you even if you don't speak the language, right? Except, well, except for France. In France, they'll tell you to go kick rocks. Um, yeah, you know, France, France was a little bit different. I was in Paris and I went all over Normandy and Brittany, uh, beautiful French countryside. And actually, I was very surprised in Paris. Uh, the people weren't as big of dicks as I, I had it in my head that they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I really? built this up that, oh, French people hate Americans. They're, they're such dicks. They, they won't help you. And actually, to the contrary, I was, I was very, very surprised. Um, you just got to remember that you know people are trying to go about their, their daily business. Sure. They're going to and from work. 
and they're constantly getting tourists asking them things uh, in their non-native native tongue. Right. Um, things that you know <laughs> that I'm sure they get asked ten times a day. So I, I'm sure it just gets a little bit exhausting, and yeah. so they can come off as a little bit short sometimes. But um, no. So going back to the food, I will say I, I got to give Europe the edge in the quality of the food. I've got to give America the edge in the cost of the food. Sure. We have the infrastructure to get the food from point A to point B uh, all the way across the country in a very short time frame. Uh, but we use a lot of preservatives. We use pesticides. We use other things. That, and you know me. I, am, I don't care what I eat. Uh, Josh, you're, you're quite a bit different in that regard. But I don't get hung up on whether it's, uh, you know, uh, organic or if it's gluten-free. I don't give a shit. I will put whatever's in front of me in my mouth. With that being said, I would much rather be eating the food from Europe on a daily basis than the food I eat here in sure. the United and, States. And you can, I mean, you, you can, despite what you, know, you may think, you can taste a difference you know, when it comes to freshness, when you can, I mean, there is, there is some validity to that. Now, is it gonna kill you? Is it gonna make the, a huge, um, overall change in your quality of life and health. Eh, I don't know, man. Probably it's, not it's so the, much, but yeah. but you can taste the difference, and I'm sure there is long term some benefit. You know, I'm not gonna go on record and say, oh yeah, dude, it'll it'll cure any ailment that you have by going, you know, free range organic, uh, right. you know, GMO, vegan, right. sugar free, whatever, whatever, right? But it, there is a difference in quality. Sure, Absolutely. And just the down. concept of eating food in Europe is totally different. Here in the United States, it's uh, you go to a restaurant, you eat, and you leave. Yeah, that's high your, turnover, that is in your, and out. And that's your mission, right? Yeah. You just want to be fueled and you want to get out of there. Well, Europeans have a far different outlook on this. They will go, uh, they'll take two hours for their lunch break. Mm-hmm. They will sit there. They will ponder life's deepest mysteries. Uh, they'll have their coffee. They will eat their good food, and they will converse with people. They will just – there's a certain uh, – Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, a, an air of relaxation about it that was uh, interesting. I, I myself can't do that. I'm very uh, mission-oriented. I want to go from point A to point B as fast as possible, as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm doing work throughout the day, but I totally get – their way of doing things. Yeah. And, and actually, I, I think it could lead to a far more enjoyable uh, life. Yeah. No, there's something to just taking your time, right? Enjoying your food, enjoying your company. I mean, when you're when you're eating in these places, it, it's an experience, right? You're, you're sitting down for dinner for what may be a two to three, even four hour ordeal, you know? There's no rush to get your food out to you. They'll bring your drinks. You know, and then a little while later, you get your appetizer and just so on and so forth. Yeah. And it's a very, very slow pace. Whereas, you know, when you go to go to Chili's or Outback Steakhouse here, man, you're, you know, tick tock, tick tock. Where's my waiter? Bring the food out as yeah. fast as I order it. And you know what? You really don't even have to wonder where's your waiter because they're always checking in, checking in. Yeah. Which was something that I was like, well, what the hell? Why aren't these? Where did where, my guy go? Where's Where's my guy? And you know what? They're, they're very respectful about that. You have to practically beg them to bring you a check. 
Really? Whereas in the U.S., they're like, oh, here's your check. I know you still got like three quarters of your plate full. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you barely started get, eating, but here's get your check. Off, get the fuck get, out. Get out here so I can uh, get more tips. Yep. So, um, again, a different dynamic. I think this culture has been, you know, as far as that way of doing things has been around a long, long time. And what was great about it is I didn't see people just staring at their phones while they're eating like really? I do in the U.S., huh. which was which was eye-opening for me. They just really like to take a breather, eat some good food, have good conversation, and enjoy enjoy life. Wow. Now, and now that's a page that I think we could all take from from that experience. And you know, again, you know, it's I, I'm I'm super super patriotic proud american you know what i mean i'm proud of my heritage and my culture and my country but that's not to say that we can't borrow from other cultures and learn lessons and and look at what they're doing and apply that to to make what we're doing better i mean that's the great thing about america is where this mix and hodgepodge of of people groups right yeah and so it's perfectly fine for us to pull and borrow and lean on other cultures to make this a better place and man i i would love to see less engagement in a cell phone and more FaceTime with one another. I mean, it's, it's almost becoming an epidemic, you know, to some extent where you can't go to a public place, you know, and, and just see everyone immersed in their, in their cell phones. And I'm yeah. guilty of it too. Me you know, too. I mean, running a business, trying to, to do social media stuff to promote that. It's really, really easy to get caught up and, and check and respond and all these things. And, you know, I think it's a it's a very conscious effort we have to make to set that aside and say, hey, we're having dinner. I'm hanging out with my boys or my wife or my kids or, you know, whatever. And unless unless something is on fire and it's a life or death situation, I'm not touching that thing. Yeah, live in know? the moment. Yep. And that's the thing I notice. It's like, man, I, I with me, it's, it's addictive almost. Every time I hear that buzz in, in my pocket, it's like, oh, got to hurry and see what it is. Yeah. And it's probably not even that important of an email, but I gotta look at it. So I, I think you're absolutely right, Josh. We uh, we need to live in that moment. And there's no reason why we can't take uh, from the best things that Europe or the rest of the world has to offer, uh, and and try to make ourselves a little bit better as Americans as well. Yeah, and and you know I, I think so far so good. What we've been doing here in the U.S. has been working fairly well. You know we got a lot of good things going for us. So I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but that's not to say that we can't make improvements and 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 borrow, get some inspiration. Right? We're not. It's just not going to work to apply everything that all these other countries are doing. I mean, I think that's ultimately what you came to where it's like, well, let's just do what Europe's doing. Yeah. Well, the reality is we can't. We're far too different, you know, of, of a country, of a nation, of a people group, of a culture to just blanket apply some of these maxims yeah. and rules, right? Yeah. Um, it, it just won't work. I mean, just it, it just can't. And I think we're more alike in, in more ways than we really think. And now what I was most surprised about is – um, I had a really good conversation with an Irishman, uh, very good conversation. He was a Forex trader, um, and it, I didn't realize how alike we are to most Europeans. Mm -hmm. And I think the media has done a very good job or, or poor job, uh, depending on the way you look at it, at promoting Americans as big, dumb, fat, loud, obnoxious, and Europeans as – uh, refined and 
you know, left wing and, and progressive and just wanting rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> and, and, and I think these, uh, these stereotypes are, are certainly, there's a reason why we have stereotypes sure. and, and they stem there's from a bit of truth. Of truth. Right. But I think for the most part, I think we're just so alike now. I mean, mm-hmm. the Europeans all listen to American music. Uh, we watch European films. They watch yep. American films. Uh, so I think we're so connected now that especially the youth, we're all kind of gravitating towards the same spot. And I believe that is a more westernized, more capitalistic, free, uh, freedom-loving place. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I would tend to agree. You know, I think I think the, the media – does a great job of being divisive. I mean, that that seems to be their M.O. in the past, I don't know. I I don't really know when that started, but I I think, you know, you can see a trend in the past few years where they have been really trying to divide everyone because that's, at the end of the day, they want want ratings, you know, and and we have to, we've said it before, but you have to take what you're seeing in the media with a grain of salt because it's a business, they have an objective, Right, they want to make things as as polarizing and sensational as possible. So if they can say something that will make this group over here feel amazing, while at the same time pissing off this other group as much as possible, that's their ideal. And the way to do that is to divide people up, split them up, you know, and highlight all the vast differences instead of focusing on the similarities. Because in the, the day, man, we're all made out of the same freaking you know, organic material, you know, yeah. we're all carbon and yeah. hydrogen and oxygen and some other shit thrown in there. Right. But we're really not that, that different. But if you listen to the media, you know, depending on where you live and what country and what political view and, and all these things, man, it's like, we're, we're a completely different species. And right. We're not. Certainly not, not the case. That's a pretty, pretty cool experience, you know, heading over there, seeing all that. And I think it brings to light, the importance of going out and and doing rad shit, right? Going out and traveling, seeing the world, you know, to be to be a true gentleman, right? I, I think you have to go and experience other cultures. You have to go out on these adventures, and whether it's an, in another country or even in our own country, right? There's so many vast places to see here in the United States, you know, um, so many landmarks and and you know natural wonders. That we we we're missing out. I think you know you're and, not living a full you know, life. And, and I think that we need to feel a little bit uncomfortable. I know that when I travel to Europe, I feel a little bit uncomfortable because I don't speak the language. Sure. Um, I may feel that well, I I can't carry. Uh, so what's the defense situation going to yeah. be like? Um, get out of your comfort zone. It's a great big world. I was in the Bavarian Alps and. They were. I've seen mountains all over. I've climbed mountains all over. I have not seen mountains like that. They were just very steep, very prominent, very jagged, and absolutely ethereal. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Did you get to climb any while you were over there? I didn't, unfortunately. You no, sissy. no. I went to uh, Schloss uh, Neuenschwanstein, which is kind no of like a. I know, right? <laughs> it's Castle Neuen Neuschwanstein. Neuschwanstein. Ooh. Uh, it's basically, if you've seen Sleeping Beauty, that's the castle that was based off of. Absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous architecture. It's nestled in the Bavarian Alps, 
and it sits over this most pristine deep blue lake absolutely one of the most gorgeous places i've ever oh, been but you're cool. right josh i mean I, I think as americans we kind of sit there and we go you know what I, I you know i'm american i don't i don't need to go anywhere else this is the greatest country on earth i agree it is it is hands, hands down, down the best yep. best country on earth um and i'm unashamed to say that however there are so many things that are so beautiful and so great in other parts of the world. I've been all around the world, and, you know, I, I would say nothing is the same. Yeah. There's always something magical about going somewhere else. Yeah, and, and you know, to that point, not only are you seeing these amazing sights and these amazing experiences, but the sheer fact of getting outside your comfort zone, you know, when we talk about becoming better men with savage gentlemen, right, cultivating your savage side and your gentleman side, the only way you can do that in, in either direction is to be uncomfortable, period. That's the only way we grow. That's the only way that we improve. Actually, I just wrote an article about that for Ready Man in, in our blog about going beyond to, to push ourselves and to become better, right? Nothing, nothing happens in terms of growth if we just constantly stay in the same place. We have to step out of that area to um, – to find something better in ourselves. That's just, just the way yeah. it works. And try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes, and there's no yeah, better way of doing that uh, unless you go and talk with them, yep. have good, deep conversations, um, and explore your similarities and explore your dif differences. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How, how are you on time? Uh, you know what, guys? I, I think we're just about ready to wrap things up. Uh, I've been Matt Winslow. You've been Josh Tyler. I have been, and I always will be. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Come back to us next week, and uh, we'll have something good. Yeah, maybe even better. Who knows? Maybe. All right.